0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy, where the doctor is always in. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Hey, thanks for joining us on this rainy morning as we talk about the health issues that affect you most We've got the whole hour to address your health concerns, and we would love to hear from you today. You can give us a call this morning with your questions or comments by calling one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to remedy at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy from MPB Think Radio.
1: is southern remedy with dr jimmy stewart on mpb think radio to take part in today's show with your questions or comments call one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one 672 7464 or you can email the show remedy at mpbonline.org and now southern remedy on mpb think radio Good morning and
0: welcome to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday today. It's a little wet outside. Looked like it was a reprieve, just peeking out the window. There's some days that I just, you know, depending on where I am, I don't know what's going on outside. But uh, this time of year, you can bet it's going to be wet and plenty of swings in temperature. And that's what we're going through right now. I know a lot of you are probably affected in some way or another by flooding. Please be careful if you're driving on roads, if they look like they're covered with water. Remember, you cannot see how deep that water is. Don't uh, try to get across that uh, if you can't see that and look for an alternate route. But I want everybody to be safe out there. Uh, while we 're having this deluge right I think that 's probably a good uh, term for it uh, This is Southern remedy, the program where you can call in with your health problems and get an answer from a physician totally free that 's right. You can reach us this morning at one eight seven seven m p b ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or you can always send an email by emailing us at remedy at m p b online Dot or We're going to go to our first caller this morning, who is Sue in Beaumont. Good morning, Sue.
2: Good morning. I'd like to ask you a question. Sure. Last winter was so cold, and this winter I, I, I've dug out my old electric blanket and started using it again. Mm-hmm. I've used it consistently last winter and this winter, and so, but I stopped using it. I stopped using electric blankets several years ago because there was this, there was on, on TV and everything. There were these warnings against. Electric blankets put out electromagnetism, and they said anybody with heart arrhythmias, or I'm trying to remember everything, they said epilepsy or any kind of thing that might be affected by electromagnetism, that these electric blankets weren't safe, and so I mean they disappeared off the shelves. Now they now that you can find what Walmart call warming blankets, it's an electric blanket, but they don't call it electric blankets anymore. Do you think they're safe? I mean, uh, I started using them again, and so.
0: Yeah, so there there there's very little risk in that. Uh, now you mentioned a couple of things that people have thrown out there, like you know your heart, the way it beats, it has its own electrical system. So, cardiac muscle is a little bit different than the muscle, say in our arms or our legs or the rest of the body, in that it can conduct an electrical impulse, and it ne- you need it to do that to tell the other cells to beat in rhythm and to do that automatically. Uh, and then it has some little wiring in there too that helps it. So it um, that uh, is not affected to the degree you know. Anytime you have like electrical, this is going way back to my physics uh, knowledge here, which is very low, Sue. So, uh, but basically, when you run uh, electricity, you know, through a wire, particularly if you uh, you you generate a magnetic field with that, and that magnetic field can a- affect other electrical fields around it. But it's so low uh and the, the further the distance is between whatever you're you're dealing with, the less of an effect there's gonna be. There was a lot of exper- of, of um, um studies done with this with high voltage power lines, and that's where most of this comes from, like causing cancer was the biggest um the biggest concern there. Now I will say this. Um you know, you mentioned epilepsy, too. That these electric blankets can't cause epilepsy. It's just there's too much distance between those brain cells. I mean, if they would basically have to be touching the brain cells that are causing that um, that uh, seizure to do that. Same thing with the heart. But... Um, one thing that you do want to be careful of is you have a pacemaker, make sure you know what, what to do in and around that pacemaker. There are certain things and, and appliances that you may not want to get really close to it. Again, if you're in a distance of a few inches can mean a lot with the, with the voltages and the magnetic fields that we're talking about. Of course, if you're having a procedure like an MRI and you've got a piece of metal in you or some kind of device like that, particularly a pacemaker, you want to be careful, but that's, you know that's a good example if we did have problems with magnetic fields generated by electrical appliances and things like an electric blanket every time somebody went into an MRI which generates an enormously greater magnetic field than any of those things you'd have arrhythmias and seizures and we just don't see that. I mean one of the ways that you one of the things you do when you diagnose somebody with a seizure of any age is uh, you you do an MRI of their brain, and if that were you know if that were going to be a problem, everybody would be seizing in the MRI scanner, and we just don't see that. So, I think you're fine, Sue. When you get cold, to put that electric blanket on, be careful. Make sure uh, that you're, you're much more likely to have uh, you know accidental burns if you fall asleep with it than you are any of those other things.
2: Well, that, those were the only two things I could remember, but there were a whole list of things. Everybody stopped using them, and they went off the market. You know, I couldn't find one for a few years. Yeah,
0: I think that's that's sort of an example of you know when something like that everybody has a concern. It's more of you can drive marketing through fear. That's easy, uh-huh. uh, but not much evidence on those things. So, um, and again, there's you know lots of other things to worry about than that. So stay warm, and you know if you don't have a, if you don't want to just fool with it all altogether. Put four blankets on top of you. That works too. Well, thank you. All right, Sue. Thanks for calling. This is Southern Remedy. You can reach us this morning by calling one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to remedy at Online dot org. I had a question in clinic about some new research uh, in uh, multiple sclerosis. So, multiple sclerosis is a progressive disease you may not be familiar with that or may you probably most people have heard about it Uh, but it it affects the uh, the some of the nerves in the brain and basically these can be damaged to the point where it can be life-threatening it tends to to be progressive with age we have some great ways to treat it now Uh, there's not really a cure for it Uh, but there we can certainly put it in remission by a number of things but there was a research study out of Sweden that was looking at, can you repair damage to nerve cells? You know, for years, decades, people thought, well, once you damage a nerve, it's not going to grow back. Those are sort of fixed, the number that you have. And uh, we know now that in some situations they can grow back. And the problem with multiple sclerosis is sort of the insulation of that. So if you think about this as wiring... Uh, that that impulse is carried on the wire, but then you have to have some insulation so that it can travel more efficiently down that wire or faster and we have that there's a substance called myelin that is an insulator around nerve cells, and there's other special types of cells, particularly in the brain and spinal cord, that help to support these uh this myelin layer layer around cells and they're called oligodendrocytes, so fancy name for them. And what they thought in the past, based on some rat research, you know, we do all kinds of research on mice and rats to try to figure out things in humans, doesn't always pan out. They thought it, that you had damage to those oligodendrocytes because of the body sort of fighting against itself, that myelin and stripping off those wire, that wiring in the brain, uh, and that you needed new oligodendrocytes to to be formed and to come in. And if you did that, if you promoted that, then you could actually reverse some of the lesions. You could grow back those sheaths, that insulation uh, on those nerves. Well, what they've found out is it's not necessarily new oligodendrocytes, but it's the old oligodendrocytes. It's really cool research on how they found this. So people who had multiple sclerosis, they looked at them after they died. They did. They looked at their their brain cells after they died. And they were able to tell the age of those oligodendrocytes. They were able to age them out, and the ones that were older and had uh, regrown—if they had more of those older oligodendrocytes still around—they tended to do better. Uh, So, what what does this have to do with how we treat it? Well, basically, early diagnosis and treatment right up front. um, We can, you know, the thought is we can save some of those oligodendrocytes and get them early on in the repair job and not wait around for these other other oligodendrocytes to form and to and to be there so a little bit of research there and a little bit of hope for about how can we sometimes small things that you come up with in uh in studies can have a big impact this is southern remedy you can call in today got plenty of time to call in in fact we got open lines all the way if you've got a question about anything for you or your spouse or your child you can reach us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Or you can send an email to remedy at org. People are sort of hesitant about calling sometimes until you have that first or second caller. But you could be that person today. I know there's got to be something out there on somebody's mind about... A symptom that they're having or maybe it's a medication that your physician puts you on or maybe is talking about putting you on maybe you're a little hesitant about that uh there's this is the program to do that we're going to take a short break when we come back we got plenty of time for your questions and comments and a little bit in the news of medicine these days what's going on out there we'll be right back after this
1: southern remedy with dr jimmy stewart on mpb think radio to take part in today's show with your questions or comments call one mpb ring that's one 672 7464 or you can email the show remedy at mpbonline.org
0: Welcome back to Southern Remedy I'm Dr. Jimmy here with you this morning On this rainy day Hope everybody's staying dry out there And uh, maybe we'll have some spring weather I don't know about you, but I've got lots of stuff blooming I've heard people talk about all of their uh, Daffodils and those kinds of things That are blooming out there My plum tree is in full bloom now uh, I'm just hoping we don't have that late freeze to kill off all those plums because I love them. I would love to eat those this year and to compete with my squirrels. Um, if you'd like to call in today, uh, we've got plenty of time to take your calls. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to remedy at org. We're going to go to uh, Joe in Mobile. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for calling.
3: Yes, hello, doctor. Uh, I got in the car and I just uh, turned on the radio, and I heard you talking about multiple sclerosis, which is what I have. And it was very interesting what you were saying about,
0: how do you spell that? Oligodendrocytes. So o- O-L- O-L-I-O-L-I-G-O-G-O-D-O-C-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E-S-E- D-E-N-D-R-O-C-Y-T-E-S. You can tell, Dr. Jimmy, the spelling is not one of his, <laughs> not one of my strong suits, but yeah, oligodendrocytes. That's it. C Y C Y T E S. Yeah.
3: C-Y-T-E-S. That's a long word.
0: Yeah, it is, isn't
3: it? <laughs> about as long as Mississippi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check that out. I don't know that it's it's not prime time for treatment, but it does probably uh, for the for the people who are initially diagnosed with MS, you want a quick diagnosis, you want to treat early. You know, there has been a little bit of a delay, but based on this study, you know, preliminary study.
3: is that? Is that a a drug or something, or is that just a natural...
0: The uh, oligodendrocytes? Yeah. Oh no. Those are natural occurring cells in the brain, and they help to sort of support the main, you know, the main wiring there. So they.
3: Good, because because I've had MS for about twenty
0: five years. Oh wow! And, Have you had yeah. treatment for that?
3: No, I don't. I don't want to take these drugs. I I I, I did it first, and it just caused me all kinds of problems, so yeah. I stopped picking it, you know.
0: I, they got a lot I, of side effects, but some of yeah. the, I, make sure you're plugged in with somebody who's up on the research, though, because things like this come out all the time. Uh, you know, there's, there's the, the the immunotherapy that we have now is dramatically better than what it used to be. You're right. You can have, you know, all kinds of different side effects, particularly if you were treated, you know, 15 years ago, there were a lot of things that would just basically make you feel like you had the flu all the time. Um, now, what what ahead.
3: i understood what i understand is that uh uh hyd, hydroponic uh, hydro uh oxygen therapy uh-huh. what, uh, Hyper, uh, hyperbaric yeah
0: hyperbaric, hyperbaric yeah hyperbaric
3: oxygen therapy can help me but yet uh it's not accepted and i've gone to the ms society uh website and they talk about it and and they say, well, it's not been proven, so therefore, my my insurance company will not cover it, and uh, so which is prohibitive for me because I don't have the money. Uh, it's very expensive to do that because you you have to do it every, every, I don't know, almost every day for about ninety days, and uh, and I, it's just too much cost. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, it is. I, I I just. I just wonder, uh, have you heard of anything about that?
0: Yeah, I've I've heard that mentioned before. You're right; it doesn't have an overwhelming amount of evidence. There certainly be individual people that that got better on it symptomatically, uh, and maybe even had uh, a regression of of the lesions. You know, when they looked at it by uh, MRI.
3: Uh, well, there's, a, there's a doctor in uh, in Louisiana in New Orleans. Uh, his name is Doctor Doctor Harsh.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, a R S H or or C- yeah, SH, I believe and uh, and he they claim on their website that they 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 can they can cure the M S with the treatment but I again I don't have the money. Sure. And I live in Mobile, Alabama, and, and New Orleans is a long ways away. Yeah, there's no way I could commute there every day.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I, and Joe, there there might be some some truth to that. I would be careful though. Uh, that you know, a, a claim like that, particularly with a condition, as you know that that doesn't have a whole lot of of things to cure it. Um, You know, I would be a little bit skeptical of that um without a lot well, more they research.
3: Protect, they protect themselves. They protect themselves by having a disclaimer that sure. the, that there's no cure for MS, yeah. but it doesn't help a lot of people. You know, yeah. And uh,
0: unfortunately, we have a lot of you know a lot of people out there that make those claims and they don't necessarily back them up. The advertising can offer a lot of hope. I hate when I see that, honestly, just because you know. I love giving people hope, but if you overstate it like that, I mean, it's like pulling the rug out out from under them. So, But, I, yeah, I would stay in touch with somebody, uh, a specialist that does MS, maybe full-time, that is going to be up on all the research that comes out because we're always discovering new things.
3: Thank you for, for mentioning that oligodendrocyte. Sure, sure. Uh, Check I'm it out, Joe. I'll that up as soon as I get, uh, get to my computer.
0: All right, uh, Joe. Thank
3: you so much, and and you have a great day. All right, you,
0: you too. Thanks for calling. Yeah, always new stuff out there. You want to make sure that whoever has uh, a lot of claims that they're um, up to date on it and they can back it up, because I've certainly seen physicians that are out there in different clinics and claiming different things. You know, obesity is a favorite one. Hey, we'll cure you of your obesity. You'll never have to worry about it again and never have a craving. Just don't see the research on that. It may work for individual people, but when you're talking about entire populations, that's a lot more complex. All right, let's go to John in Mobile. Good morning, John.
4: Yes, sir. Uh, Put on your electric blanket hat again. Okay. And um, let me ask you a question concerning the warning label that the better half uh, noticed I suffer from uh, diabetes. I live with diabetes. But on the warning label on the electric blanket, there was a cautionary statement about um, being careful not to use this if you have diabetes. So what's the issue about... um, Like blankets and diabetes.
0: That would be as it relates to diabetic neuropathy. So, you know, diabetes, you probably know this. Other people may not know, so I'll I'll just uh, briefly go over it. So, you know, diabetes affects different organs in the body, and um, it it can affect the nerves in your body uh, over time. And you can develop diabetic neuropathy, which basically... You can have pins and needles sort of a stinging sensation, some people have pain with it, but you can also have numbness, and the numbness is is more common and it tends to be in your extremities like your your it's sort of a s what we call a stocking glove distribution, so it's your hands and your feet, and uh the feet in particular, you can lose sensation slowly over time to the point where you don't notice it, which is why your physician should be at least asking you about the health of your feet and probably looking at you frequently or sending you to somebody like a podiatrist that can look at your feet. Um, So the warning on the electric blanket has to do with that, that you may not in certain areas of your body, if you have neuropathy, may not can feel how hot it is. And you can actually yeah, you yeah. can actually get a thermal burn there to that tissue, so that's that's what they're saying right there I'll
4: give, give you a bad example of bad humor uh, you go to the doctor's office, and the nurse comes in and she says, "What do you suffer from?" and um, uh, I'm familiar with this neuropathy, is that right,
0: right, yeah, neuropathy, mhm yeah.
4: I made the I made the mistake of saying I suffer from necrophilia.
0: Uh oh! <laughs> she backed away,
4: and I looked at the face and I said, "Oh, I know what I know the, the mistake i made." Anyway, uh, bad humor.
0: Yeah, you don't, don't you don't want to do. Yeah, we uh, I, I've heard I've heard much worse than that too, John. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling, thanks, and uh, good luck to you there. And- uh yeah, I've uh, we we have uh, you know the mispronunciation of things and I hey I want to talk because I mispronounce things all the time so I'm right there with you but you know they're in, in hypertension circles sometimes people call and these words are tough right, as we just as we just said you know oligodendrocytes is something that uh, I have to really think about spelling particularly if I'm on the air but. Uh, Uh, Yeah, saying them sometimes. Amlodipine is a common medication we use in in blood pressure treatment. Uh, And a lot of people say amblyodipine, uh, which uh, has a nice sort of melodic uh, cadence to it. Maybe a little Irish there. Uh, Let's go to Stephanie, who's been patiently waiting from uh, Bay St. Louis. Good morning, Stephanie.
5: Good morning. My question has to do with a stroke. Sure. I have recently had a, a, a stroke back in August. And uh, they say I've gained back more than most people do in a year of therapy mm-hmm. because when I come home, the left arm, left leg was paralyzed. Well, uh, also, you know, it affected my memory, uh, short-term memory. Sometimes I do really good, sometimes I don't. But also I seem to fall a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like I lose my balance, and the uh, left leg still gives out at times. And my question is, is this something I'll, uh, will I ever gain, regain enough to be normal again or, because I use a walker or a cane when I walk, because if I go, you know, a far distance, I'm going to hit the ground. Sure. Without it, you know, but also, uh, I seem to have off and on, you know, some days I shake more than other days and I never had that. So my question is, is this any of this anything I'm going to gain back or, Am I
0: stuck with this? And you said, Stephanie, you're about a year out. Is that correct from the stroke? No,
5: uh, it happened just this
0: past August. Oh, okay. So less than a year. Okay. Uh, And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you?
5: I'll be 50 in April.
0: Okay. So fairly young. Good. So, yeah, I would think you still have the potential to regain a lot of that. It, It depends on a couple of different things. Number one, it depends on... Uh, how old you are um, the usually the younger you are when something like this happens, the more uh, chance that your your nervous system can either transfer some of these activities to other parts of the brain, which there is a limited amount of it to do that, or to actually um, you know to uh, depend on the damage that was done to repair those areas, but a lot of times it's it 's retraining your brain how to do this. Our brains are amazing pieces of machinery. The good Lord gave us our brains so that they can change over time and to to take on other functions of the brain. And we know, for instance, in really young individuals, like if they have something that happens to them when they're really young, uh, to large areas of their brain, over time, other areas can take on that function. The older you get, the less likely that is. I said 50 was young. I meant that. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that probably we've learned about, um, about giving you the best chance to do that is, uh, doing what you mentioned like rehab, rehab helps to retrain the brain, how to do that. Uh, and it's not just movement. It's as you mentioned, balance, um, you, you mentioned, you know, the shaking probably is your brain's getting sort of tired at the end of the day, or if you've done more things, and that little shaking movement is, can be indicative of different parts of the brain that are saying, hey, we're done for the day, we need a rest, and the shaking is what's sort of left over after they take a break. Um, but that, that problem, you know, I, I would say if you continue to try to, to uh, you know, do some of the therapy, whether that's formal therapy or things that you can do on your own, the better chance you are of, of regaining that. One other thing is you always need to look at the risk factors that cause you to have the stroke in the first place. So if you have something like high blood pressure or diabetes yeah. or high cholesterol, you need to address that. Uh, ha- go ahead. I
5: have the high blood pressure and uh, um, I've had a stroke you know, before, but um, the blood pressure and... I'm a smoker, so of mm-hmm.
0: course, they're on my case about that. Sure, yeah, I, oh. <laughs> yeah. The smoking, I think, is probably one of your bigger risk factors. That if you, uh, you know, think whatever way that you look, I am not trying to minimalize it. I mean, certainly, it is difficult to quit smoking, but uh, you can do it, Stephanie. I'm I'm going to be your cheerleader this morning and say you can do this. There's plenty of things out there that take advantage of. Once you get to the spot to say, you know what, today's the day. I'm going to do this. Call some people, get some help, and they can help you do that. If you quit smoking, you're going to increase your chances of regaining that and decrease your chance of having another stroke uh, considerably. So I'd say that's probably the best thing you could do.
5: Right, right.
0: Not it's not an easy thing, but I you I've seen people that for years they're like, you know, I am just I I can't do with deal without them. And for whatever reason, one day they're like, you know what, this is the time I'm going to do it right now. And they got some help with, you know, either nicotine replacement uh, therapy or with uh, with uh, a lot of the medications that are used now. And they were able to do that. They were able to completely quit.
5: Right. Well, I keep working on it. I quit a start. I quit a start. Yeah. Going back and forth with it now and. Like I said, I'm working on it because I know I need to for my health mainly, and sure. uh, I'm not really worried about other people's opinion. Right. I know what I'm doing wrong, and I know what
0: I need to do. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, we don't... Know,
5: so I'm working on
0: it. Yeah. No, I don't want to memorize that. It, Like I said, it is difficult to do that, but you, you can do it. You know, just keep on plugging away, okay?
5: I sure will. I sure will, and no, I
0: thank you so much. All right, Stephanie, thanks for calling. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to go to Jay from Wesson, and plenty of time to take your calls. You can reach us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464, or you can email us at remedy at org. We'll be right back after this break.
1: This is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org.
0: Welcome back to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Jimmy, and we're talking about all kinds of great stuff today. In fact, uh, that's what I love about this program: is you bring all the topics to us, and we're going to do our best to try to answer those for you and steer you in the right direction. If we don't know uh, the answers, you can reach us this morning though by calling one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. 672 or send an email to us. Doesn't have to be while we're on the air. It can be after the fact. If something just pops up and you want to reach us, you can email us at remedy at org. We're going to go to Jay now, who's been patiently waiting. in Wesson, good morning, Jay. Good
3: morning. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thanks for calling.
3: Hey, I got two
4: short questions for you. Sure. I take a it of off of the gout. Uh huh. You know? That's the only pill I take. And, uh,
3: I've been
0: reading a lot of books, you know, health books so forth. Is there any way I can get off that guy messing. Yeah, possibly. So uh, allopurinol works. It's a xanthine oxidase inhibitor, is the fancy thing that it does. So uh, uric acid is a byproduct. It's a breakdown product in our bodies, particularly of, our, of proteins and uh, or the things that we eat. So uh, those, normally our kidneys get rid of that and there's two ways, two big categories of people who have problems with it who develop gout. Uh, one is you don't break it down uh, efficiently and the other way is that you uh, you don't excrete it, so you don't get it out of the system. Right. And uh, the, the allopurinol helps in that metabolism of that. So when you're breaking down, uh, you know, xanthine uh, into uh, uric acid, it sort of inhibits that so you don't do that. So the, the and uric acid, when you have too much of it in your body, it basically crystallizes and it has these needle-like crystals that form in joints and in other tissues in the body. So that's what causes the problem. So how do you how do you maybe get off the medication? Well, what we eat controls a lot of that, regardless of how which two forms you have, you can control that to a certain extent. Uh, Jay, has your has your physician talked to you about like which foods to try to avoid?
4: Oh yeah, he, uh,
3: <laughs> he said. Well, you know, uh, no pork, you know, the liver and all that, you know, the high. You know, yeah, he told me a whole book about it. I said, well, not kind of. To get rid of it is uh, just uh, a meal
0: vegetarian in a way, you know? Yeah, and even then, you gotta, there's some, there's a couple of, you know, green foods that can cause it, but. You're right. All, those, all that good stuff people like to eat, particularly pork and that kind of stuff, uh, it can it can cause it to, you know, those levels to go up. Most people, after a while, they're like, I knew it. I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have eaten that whole steak, and now I'm having a gout attack. So um, if you're able to change what you eat, I would say there's a possibility of coming off of it. Uh, even if you don't, uh, you may want to talk to your physician about maybe just coming off of it and see what happens. Um, you know, and the other thing, you know, for everybody else out there, I know Jay, that you understand how this works, but allopurinol, you have to take it every day for it to work. Um, if you have a gout attack, there are other medications during the attack to make it go away. Colchicine is one of the older ones, but you can take other things. Uh, the NSAIDs like, uh, um, indomethacin uh, that can, that can do it. Some people treat it with steroids sometimes for a short course of steroids while they're having a gout attack. But if, I'd say that's the biggest, if you really want to get off of it, that's what you would have to do is change what you eat. And some people are like, you know what? That means too much to me.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, I got one more question. Sure. You even you uh, believe in multivitamins or are that just a fluke?
0: Uh, if you've got a healthy diet, you really don't need them. There's very few cases that you would need to take that. And the the most natural way is in eating a a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. And you're going to get most every vitamin, uh, lean meats. You're going to pick up a couple of minerals there too. So that would be the most healthy thing to do. What I tell people is that, hey, if you're not and you, you're not getting that, I mean, and I, when I say healthy, I mean like five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables a day. I don't know hardly anybody that does that anymore. I know there are some people out there that are able to do that. Um, but taking a multivitamin certainly wouldn't be a bad thing to do to pick up on those areas that might be poor in your diet. certainly not going to hurt you if you're just taking one a day.
3: Okay. Well, thank you for your time. You have
0: a good day. All right. You too, Jay. Thanks for calling. Yeah, multivitamins and vitamin replacement mineral replacement so that's a common question I have I know a lot of people believe in it and I, you know most of the time it's fine there are some vitamins particularly the fat soluble vitamins which are a D e and K that can some of those can build up in your system so you can't uh, you can't take too much of that because then you'll have some problems uh, with some toxicity the B vitamins you really can't take too much of those your kidneys get rid of those and uh, they're pretty innocuous but uh, you know, a lot of people live and breathe by things like b12 and they feel a lot better and i say hey if you feel better take it i mean it's not gonna definitely not gonna hurt you doing that this is southern remedy you can reach us this morning live at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one 877 we are going to go to smitty in oxford good morning smitty
6: good morning
0: Thanks for calling. It's
6: about my blood pressure. Sure. I'm on different medications, and uh, I'm 93, and I weigh the same as I did in high school. But wow. It's not my weight. Okay. Um, when I took it this morning at 830, it was 204 over 116.
0: How did you feel before you took it?
6: Well, yesterday I just felt sluggish. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't accomplish much, but um, this morning I I didn't I don't sleep well. Mm-hmm. I'm a widow after seventy years of marriage, and he's been gone four years, and I I don't know whether this blood pressure is from that or not. But I take there's one of them I take if it goes over 180. Well, I did that, and I didn't do pooch.
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, um So so were you diagnosed with high blood pressure later in life or was it Yes. So, okay. Yeah. About, about oh how,
6: goodness, when I was having babies it was so low that I I took you know, had to take um, all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah. What what about so were you in like your seventies or eighties when you were diagnosed or was it if, Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, as a hypertension this is sort of my area that I, I like the most is high blood pressure. So I would say if they haven't I would look really hard in anybody that developed it at that age for other things besides just development of high blood pressure. Particularly if your weight's the same, if you're you haven't really changed what you eat. We look no, for
6: I, I, I eat a good diet even for myself by myself.
0: Sure. So um yeah, I, I think I would I would talk to your physician about maybe looking for a secondary cause of high blood pressure, particularly if it's that high. Um, that's a little outside the realm of what a, a usual blood pressure would, should be.
6: Yeah, I, I realize that. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: Have they looked at your kidneys, like the arteries going? They the told kidneys?
6: me that I went in September for mm-hmm. my six months. And he said my kidneys were fine.
0: Did they do like a, a, a CT scan or an ultrasound of your kidneys? No, okay. no. That that might be something to mention to them. I don't. I hate second guessing good physicians and out there in primary care providers. But that that may be something to look at. But. I, you know that's. What'd
6: a, you say? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that.
0: that. There are ways to look at the arteries bringing blood to your kidneys, and uh-huh. you can't really detect that by a blood test. So you need something, either an ultrasound, a special type of ultrasound, or a CT scan to help look at that. Even if your kidney function looks okay on the lab on the blood work, there could be other things going on. Um, are you
6: saying C is in cat?
0: Yes, ma'am. That's right. Yeah. CT is in CAT scan. Yeah.
6: CT scan. Okay. Um, I need to write things down. And my, what'd you say, my arteries?
0: They may want to check out the arteries going to the kidneys. Okay. But I and it may not be that. It may be other things. But that's pretty high. Number one, you need to touch base with them about how high it is right now, because they may want to do something else. But it sounds like they've been dealing with this, because you wouldn't have had a medication you take if it's over one hundred and eighty.
6: Well, uh, oh, that's been that was uh, subscribed years ago. Yeah, and that one for uh, one hundred and eighty. But that doctor is no longer practicing. So
0: what? What, you know, what medications are you taking right now? For the blood pressure?
6: Oh, uh-huh. just a minute. I got turned the light on. Um, well, it's, I'm like you. I can't, I can't pronounce it. A-M-L-O-D-I-P-I-N-E.
0: Amlodipine. hmm
6: And it's substituted for N-O-R-V-A-S.
0: Nor, Norvasc, right.
6: Okay. And then there's um, one that... I went through my medicine just to check to make sure that um, okay that one is oh there's another one O L M E S A R T A Uh,
0: Olmesartan right Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh
6: and then the one I take when it goes over 180 is Clonidine Clonidine right
0: yeah and I don't like to use that one a lot because it will bring it down pretty quickly. I, I well, think, it
6: didn't. It didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, I think if you're already on that, I would I would go back to your physician and say, you know what, this isn't working. We need to we need to rethink things here, um, and there may be some other things going on. Because uh, I, I if you if you you know if I were seeing you, I think there would be some some other tests I might do, looking for some secondary causes and maybe adjusting your medications around a little bit.
6: Well, uh, every time I go to to see it. A doctor. Well, as we age, and I said, if another one tells me that, I'm going to uh, pick them.
0: <laughs> you should. You've earned the right to do that.
6: <laughs> you know, if, if I don't know it by now, I'm not going to ever know it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, it's irritating. Sure. And, and, um, and,
0: and you mentioned sleep. That could very well be causing it to, you know, if you're not sleeping good enough, uh, if that were addressed, then it might go down, you know, just from getting good sleep. That can certainly yeah. drive your blood pressure up.
6: Well, uh, what about um, alcohol? Does that bring it up?
0: It does. Now, most people think it decreases it, but if you drink, uh, you know, if you drink more, and you have to watch out as you, you you know, uh, about the amount that you're drinking. Um, So, yeah, it can, uh, you know, if you're drinking too much of it, it certainly can make your blood pressure go up.
6: Well, uh, since I'm alone and I don't sleep well, I um, uh, I can't tolerate wine,
2: mm-hmm.
6: so I I don't drink wine. It not to put me to sleep, but I, I um, have <laughs> figured that. I know it sounds dumb. Beer. Mm-hmm. And I've been told well, beer won't make you sleepy, but it does me.
0: Yeah, I. You... I'm not
6: five foot tall, and I don't weigh a hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, it so probably I mean would. Is, <laughs> it probably and drugs would you. just zap me out. I, yeah, yeah. You may. Yeah, I mean, even though it may put you to sleep, you may be waking up and you don't even know it. Sometimes in the middle of the night, and alcohol can do that. After about an hour or two, it's gonna, uh-huh. it's gonna, your brain's gonna sort of wake up from it. So,
6: oh, well, so, I hadn't thought of that.
0: Yeah. So you may okay. want to, you may want to back off of that and see what happens.
6: Okay. Okay, but uh, it's a horrible thing not to sleep.
0: Oh, you're right. It can affect all kinds of stuff.
6: Yeah. So, so I, you think I needed to mention um, a, a CT scan, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, an artery? I don't go back until the last of March.
0: Yeah, you may. if it's that high right now, I think you probably need to just touch base with them, see if they can see you sooner.
6: Uh-huh. Well, Okay.
0: All right, but, Smitty, well, thank you. I appreciate
6: your listen to me.
0: Yes, ma'am, and uh, good luck to you, okay? Okay,
6: thank you. All right, you.
0: thanks for calling. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we got a couple of callers have been patiently waiting. We're going to get to Dora and Lisa right after this break. We'll be right back after this.
1: Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can email the show, remedy at mpbonline.org.
0: Welcome back to Southern Remedy. This is Dr. Jimmy taking your calls this morning. Uh, got time for a couple of more. We're going to go very quickly to Dora in Greenville. He's been very patient and waiting on us about 10 minutes. Thanks, Dora.
7: Yes, my question is, I have been having to take steroid shots in my knees. I have degenerative bone disease. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to know is, how is it? what is it that you can do to keep from gaining weight as I'm having to take these shots and... How many should be taken before you feel like
0: that's a limit? Uh, great question. So, you know, one of the side effects of getting those is it can make you gain weight, even if you're not. You know, if you're just getting the steroid shots in the joint space, because you absorb a lot of that. Uh, there are not there are not very many good ways of getting rid of that. Uh, you know, trying to inhibit that weight gain, because ultimately, if you're gaining weight while you know while you're getting them, it's just putting more wear and tear on those knees. Um, so, uh, you know, besides just cutting, you know, really dramatically cutting back on calories, um, there's not any big quick fixes for that. Your second, the second question, you know, when do you call it quits on that? How many can you, do you get until, you know, you sort of see if it doesn't doesn't work anymore. Generally speaking, if you're having to get it more than two or three times a year, that's probably too much, and uh, you can have some of those systemic side effects of the steroids from that. And you may want to look for some other, you know, alternative things that they can do. There's a couple of injections that are not steroids that they can do in the knee and the joint space. And then uh, they, that uh, you know, from person to person, they've been they've been fairly decent as far as improving your pain and mobility. And then at some point, you may want to have that discussion with them about, okay, are we at the point where we need to do a knee replacement? Uh, Because generally speaking, that's the point where you just can't do much of anything else and the pain's unbearable. So that would be, you know, the things that I would look at.
7: So if I've been having to take these shots in my knees already, I'm supposed to have one in my back or my ill joint?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's in the same kind of thing. You're, you're going to have the same risk of systemic side effects with that. So you may want to talk about some other alternatives than the steroid shots with them. All right, Dora, thank you for calling, and good luck to you. That's not something that's easy to treat. We're going to uh, quickly got a, just a few minutes left. We're going to try to squeeze in Lisa from Strayhorn. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. What What's your question for this morning?
7: Actually, it's just a comment. Um, I used to be a home health care provider, but I've noticed through experience and, you know, through observation that older and elderly patients don't seem to get the concise care as younger people. So, they need to write down the questions they have before they go and keep it with them to ask their doctors, because little things can mean a lot in their care, because they don't seem to do... Doctors don't seem to take care of the older patients as well as they do the young ones.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh Yeah. Go, go, I, I agree with you totally. So, um, one of the things that, uh, that you forget too, is that, that, uh, if you don't have the experience, like there's beer, I know you're Probably very familiar with this beers criteria. It's not like a drinking beer, uh, but that's basically medications that we have to watch out for in the elderly, and even Absolutely. beyond that, you know, uh, the doses of medications oftentimes as we get older have to be adjusted. Uh, yeah. There's certain medications, even though that you've tolerated very well for fifteen twenty years, you have to change. And Lisa, wouldn't right. you wouldn't you say too that in some situations, if you have somebody that's trained in geriatrics, which is additional yes. training? That would be a good resource.
7: Yes, and also just write your questions down. Write your yeah, questions absolutely. down and take them with you because if it's your job then you can ask the doctor, and he'll answer them for you.
0: Yeah, I I can't tell you how many times, you know, I have patients and as a patient, when you go into the physician's office, it's very common to forget what you came in there for or maybe you have one or two things that you didn't address. No I matter didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean no matter what your age, I don't care if you're, you know, 20 or 30 years old, everybody can forget stuff. It helps out so much if you can write those things down. And I, you know, I I don't know anybody that should be offended by that, you know, from a physician standpoint and we sort of appreciate it if you bring that stuff in. Excellent points. Yeah. Absolutely.
7: Because we all get, we all have CRS.
0: That's right. Reminder yeah, everybody. With, <laughs> that's right. Hey Lisa, where is Strayhorn?
7: It's, um, where's the Sanitopia?
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I know where, I definitely know where Senatobia is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Boonies.
7: <laughs> in fact, I don't have cell service at home, so I'm not, I'm not driving, honestly, wink, wink.
0: Uh, I didn't, you didn't even need to share that with anybody. always love that. If I get a ticket,
7: I'll pay it because it's my fault.
0: I don't <laughs> I'll pay it. All right, Lisa, thank you for calling in with that, uh, yeah. with that comment and advice. That was really good there. Yeah, definitely. You want to write things down because you can, uh, and and writing down particular things that are going on with you, just a, a little notebook is a great idea, particularly beside your bed or somewhere that's uh, convenient that you can get to it. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from you, our listeners. Today's show was engineered by Kevin Farrell. Our call screener was Jay White. I'm Dr. Jimmy. You can join us next Wednesday for Southern Remedy. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.